Now, hopefully you guys can see this. I worked really hard on this. Um, but I found a picture of an apple tree. Now, what is the best way to tell if something's an apple tree? You look for apples. Okay, if you see apples, it's an apple tree. So, you can tell what a tree is by its fruit. And I want us to, as, as we're going through this evidence or fruit of unity, I want us to be thinking this question. What kind of tree do I want to be? And what kind of tree am I right now? What's, your, what's the fruit tell you? If people were looking at you like they were looking at a tree, what would they see? And we need to be really honest with ourselves here. Do we have the fruit of unity? Or do we have the fruit of disunity? First fruit that we're going to look at is a harmony of shared lives with people regularly meeting, eating, praying, worshiping, and reaching decisions together. So again, we have unity that just is living life together, but we also have unity that does stuff. Okay, so there's the life of the community, but there's also the mission of the community. Acts 2 46 says this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, worship. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So all aspects of life were lived in community. I forget who the quote was, but there's a quote out there that says, no man is an island unto himself. This is especially true in the church. God calls a people. God calls a community. He didn't call just you, but he called you to be part of community. And that's great because then you're not alone. And there are ways that you give to the community, but there's also ways you receive from the community. And there are a lot of lonely people out there who don't have community. And God has given us the blessing of this community. 1 Peter 3.8 says this. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. So, you want to know how to live in harmony with one another. It starts with being sympathetic Joining other people in their suffering, okay, to suffer with someone, to love as brothers, to love as family. We're a family here. Do we always act like it? That's the question. Be compassionate and humble. There's humble again. Oh, man. This is how we grow harmony. It's not going to come through thinking really hard, okay, harmony, harmony, harmony. Okay, no, it's through living life together, helping each other, being humble towards one another. That's how harmony is. 
Next, the evidence in the fruit of unity is that there's no worldly discrimination based on race, gender, age, or economic status. Galatians 3, 26 to 29 says this. I'm going to read 26 to 28. You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Do we discriminate? That's the question. Do we look down on people who make less money than us? Do we look down on people who make more money than us? Do we look down on people because of their color of their skin? Again, it's not who you are that saves you. It's the grace that comes through faith in Christ Jesus. There's a total equality when it comes to salvation. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your past. What matters is Jesus Christ. Next, a commitment to seek genuine understanding and agreement rather than an imposed uniformity. If this is happening, this is an evidence of unity. Can we get along even if not even if not the other person if even if they're not us? If you're not exactly like me, can we get along? Can we work together to come to some sort of compromise and understanding? If we can't do that, then we don't have evidence for unity. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, and we've already gotten this in piecemeal, but it's just such, such an important um, part of Scripture. The whole chapter of Philippians 2, I encourage you guys to read it uh, this week. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. If we live those verses out, that's a sign of unity. And we all know what's expected, but it's, it's the how that we have to work out in our lives. Next, a fruit of unity is that people feel a freedom to respectfully disagree with one another. Excuse me. Philippians 3.15 says this, All of us who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Now, I want to sort of, sort of flush out what this means here. And 
In the surrounding chapter, Paul is talking about how to live the Christian life. And there's a disagreement, but the important part that I want to pick on here is that Paul is praying that God would help those people who disagree with him. He's praying that God would help them come to the correct understanding. Now, Paul, he had a really cool position because he could say, this is what God wants, and that's what God wanted. Um, Most of us here, okay, all of us here don't have the same level as Paul did, but what we can pray for is that God would work in our hearts and in others so that we could all study the scripture. And if we do disagree, again, as long as it's not those things we can't disagree upon, those non-negotiables, but that God would give us the grace to give people the freedom to disagree with us. And that even if we disagree on something, that we're not going to hate them, or we're not going to socially ostracize them. We need to give people that freedom. Okay, on this issue, okay, it's okay that you and I disagree, and I still love you as my brother and sister in Christ. We have to give people that freedom. Next, an evidence of unity is that we work productively toward common kingdom goals and invest our spiritual and material resources far more effectively. Again, when people are unified, they're going to work together. If people aren't unified, they're not going to work together. Think about a basketball team. Okay? If one person has the ball and never passes it, how productive is that going to be for the team? Okay? All the other team has to do is guard that one guy, so they have a five-on-one. They're going to win. Okay? Five-to-one. Not good odds. Okay? So when we have unity, one way we can tell is if we do work together. If we say, we're on the same team, we're not against you. How can I work with you to do kingdom goals? Okay, not just goals, but kingdom goals. The mission that God has for us. To grow in maturity and to reach others. To make disciples. Great commission. Acts 4, 32 to 37 says this. I'm going to read through verse 35. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. So the work being done here specifically was taking care of the physical needs, but also, in verse 33, we see that this allowed the apostles to continue to preach the word. See, again, you see the mission, caring for the community of believers, but also reaching out to bring more people into the community. That's what unity looks like, working together 
to do what God wants us to do. Next, I want, to see that, I want us to see that another evidence of unity is durable relationships. Do we give up on some people too easily? Can we go through hard times together and come out on the other side? Colossians 3, 12 to 15 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, there it is again, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. Durable relationships go through conflict. Okay? Throughout all this talking about peace and conflict, it's what we're trying to do here is, is help our community be prepared for when conflict comes, not if. So when it comes, are we living in such a way that we have durable, durable relationships? A big part of that that we see in Colossians 3 is forgiveness. If we don't forgive, then we can't have durable relationships. And we need to think about what does that forgiveness look like? What is true forgiveness? Are we gracious with forgiveness? Or do we keep it to ourselves and only give it to someone if they earn it? In our eyes. And then we think, how gracious was God's forgiveness to us? And having the same love as Jesus, should not we also forgive the same way he forgave us? Durable relationships come through forgiveness. And where there's no forgiveness, there are no durable relationships. As, as I was thinking about this, I, uh, to sort of give an illustration of this, I, I thought about um, our men and women in the armed forces. And a lot of times when, when people go to war and they have their platoon or they have their unit, and they have to rely on each other, and they go through something hard, they may come in as enemies and strangers, but when they come through on the other side, they are one unit. And there are relationships there that will never be broken. And sometimes we experience hard times so that when we get through by God's grace, we are stronger we have stronger relationships. And this, so when we are in conflict, we need to think about that relationship. How can I make this relationship durable? Last fruit of unity is it enhances our witness for Christ. You see there John 17, 23, which I read at the beginning. But I also want to add John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another 
As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Not if you like, you can love the other person. You must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. How we treat each other is seen by those outside or those new to a community. And we need to be treating each other in such a way that it draws people in. And the way that we do that is through loving one another. People are more likely to come in to a community where people love each other than to come into a community where people don't, don't even like each other. I mean, would you want to join a club where nobody liked anybody else? Because <laughs> what are the chances they're going to like you? Right? <laughs> but if you go into a community that loves one another, there's a high probability they will love you too. Because if they've accepted everybody else, they'll probably accept you. And we need to be that kind of community. I want to say this. True Christian unity can provide a powerful and appealing witness to the world. We can do more together than we can apart. God has given us a mission. He's given our community a mission. To spur one another to do good works and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And we can do that in so much more powerful way when we're unified. I want to end with a challenge for you all today. And because and during this time, I want us to be really honest with ourselves. You know, maybe we're succeeding in some areas of unity, and maybe we're not in others. Okay? And, and, and maybe, you know, later today or, or during the week, you want to write down an answer to this question. What will you do, what will I do today by God's grace to cultivate, to grow, to maintain, to protect, and to demonstrate, to live out unity in your marriage, family, workplace, or here at the church. By God's grace, may we grow in our unity. That we may do the work that God has given us to do. That we may fulfill our mission. That we will do so through loving one another and loving those into our community. Let's pray.